0: She would always tell me, as a boy, um, something that has never left me, which is that there is always a solution to every problem.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeings Podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech. An entrepreneur community. Wow, this is wonderful. Guys, thanks for tuning into Awesoming's podcast. You have no idea all of the fun technical difficulties that have gone into this episode. We are pumped. You are listening. Thank you for your time. Today I have a great privilege to sit down with my friend Matt from Stecco of Louisville, Kentucky. We hit it off literally at the ballpark here in Lexington for August 5 across. And Matt was one of our pitch competition contestants, had a great job, has a great poise on the mound pitching. Yes, both baseballs and his own, his own startup. So I'm honored to sit down with him. Matt, you're live from your office. I see the dog on your wall. Tell me how the heck are you doing today?
0: I'm great. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. This is Funny Connect and uh, had a blast at the Five Across event. So happy that we can continue this conversation.
1: Likewise, man. Well, hey, we'll go ahead and dive right on into it. I did a little little background search on you. I don't work for the FBI, excuse me, but LinkedIn has everything you'll ever need. So I saw that your background... You know, you were a partner with Refiner.com, a co-founder for DigiDoctor, and you had a couple other roles with UI and UX. And how have those, all those experiences that you've had been crucial for your role to found your own startup?
0: My formal education is in business and entrepreneurship. And uh, after graduating, um, I knew that I wanted to eventually start something or or co-found something. I co-founded Digidoctor not long after I graduated college, Uh, and that was a healthcare software company, which is uh, really diving into the deep end when you don't have any technical background. Um, And so I oftentimes consider, uh, that experience with, with both DigiDoctor and refiner as being sort of my, my graduate program, um, where I was teaching myself how to code and design web applications and apps, uh, just purely out of necessity, but also so that I really understood kind of the space that I found myself in. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, At that time, starting a healthcare software company uh, with no technical or formal um, design training, it was a really interesting time. but it was a really exciting time too, because it was an entirely new world that I was having to quickly familiarize myself with. And um, because we were a bootstrapped entity, um, I also had to just get really creative in terms of stretching the dollar and, and learning as fast as I possibly could. So I would say in terms of kind of what I learned uh, initially it was just those skills of how to design and develop um, software. And, uh, that was both out of need, but, uh, nice coincidence that I happened to really enjoy that process too.
1: Everything you just said could go into an entirely different conversation. And I do want to touch on a few things. So you had to learn a new skill set. You said you went to college for business and entrepreneurship. Then you ended up going to the tech world. What was the main avenue that you used to learn, to learn some of the software and some of the languages you had to for. Your, your coding and the startups that you worked with?
0: Oh gosh, at that time, you know, it was probably 2011. And so um, online education was still kind of this new world. Like, gosh, I feel so old sharing these stories. I'm only 32 years old, but back then um, everything like lynda.com or even um, educational things, uh, courses that you might find on YouTube. I don't even know if Udemy was uh, in existence. Treehouse was kind of on the tip of everybody's tongue. So, just being an equal opportunity uh, learner and going to all these different outlets to try to find out ways to solve design and technical challenges. And a lot of it was just purely time spent uh, within Photoshop or within um, a like sublime text or something like that. And purely just grinding it out, trying to learn by doing. So I leaned heavily on quite a few websites. Um, I remember spending a lot of time on YouTube and and Linda, and I still do spend a ton of time on resources like that, but um, a lot of it was just learn by doing uh, as well. And it was, it was a very new space too. You know, I mean um, it was exciting back then. Silicon Valley was, was so exciting. Uh, about all the money that was being poured into tech and the fact that tech was now more accessible to uh, entrepreneurs and you, know, you didn't have to raise a ton of VC money to build a prototype because of frameworks like Twitter Bootstrap and Ruby on Rails and things like that. So it was a really exciting time because it was a lot more accessible to those who wanted to, um, to start something.
1: Man, that's so, that is so relevant, especially with the way Our world is right now with a COVID pandemic, everything you mentioned 2011 seeming like forever ago, you know, only nine nine years ago, online learning wasn't the biggest thing. I remember in college, I used YouTube quite a bit for learning learning how to get through my CS classes and refining my skills, watching people program and do practice problems. So I get that. I love that you're a student of wanting to learn, figuring it out and learning by doing best way we can learn as entrepreneurs, I think and people in general. And also to your point, 32, man, you are in your prime. Don't worry about feeling old. You're doing all the right stuff for, for where you are. Matt, one thing I wanted to know probably has to do with you went to Trinity high school. You're, I I will assume that you're from Louisville, but why did you choose Kentucky of all places to start your company?
0: It's a good question. I mean, Louisville is one of those boomerang cities where people will oftentimes, you know, go to college, maybe elsewhere, and then find themselves back in the city of Louisville. It's just such a great place, um, especially I have all of my family located in Louisville. So that was my big driver to come back. Um, love my family, love my friends. Still am, have strong bonds with friends from childhood uh, that live in Louisville. So that was definitely my main motivator for returning to the city. Um, but also I just love the city and it's a really great city um, for experimenting with different ideas. If you're an entrepreneur, uh, especially a tech entrepreneur, you know, you can leverage um, things like the internet to tap into pools of talent outside of Louisville and still be competing against tech companies all across the country if you're resourceful um, in that way. And so Louisville is obviously low cost of living, um, so you may have a little bit more of, um, I guess, time to experiment with some ideas because you're not burning as much cash. So I find that it's a really great space to um, maybe test some ideas because um, you almost never knock it out of the park with that first idea at least in my experience i always get it wrong when i first start a company Um, and it takes me some time to achieve that product market fit personally and so i found that lul was a nice safe place um, to do that testing and that that validating uh, until you kind of hone in on that product market fit so i think it's a really good spot um, if you're resourceful and and you can you know leverage some talent outside of Louisville. Cause I will say that it does seem like there is a lack of um, technical talent uh, in the city itself, but with the internet, you can find that talent. Uh, you just have to look for it.
1: I, I cannot believe, I feel like you're just giving me a bunch of feeders just to ask you these questions. <laughs> That's great. That's something that we continue to hear that not just Louisville, but Kentucky does lack talent and founders like yourself. Maybe you've moved from somewhere else. You mentioned being boomerang but we find people are moving from the coasts because they're losing their sex appeal. All the money costs to, to, to live comfortably and run your company are skyrocketing. So people are flocking into the Midwest. So as a founder who is living in the Midwest, that's what we would say Kentucky is, or where it's located in the States, you're, you're having a problem with technical talent. Where were you? before you boomeranged back to Louisville?
0: So I went to college uh, in Lexington, Virginia. It's a small school called Washington Lee University. Uh, So I got my undergraduate degree there and then I came back to Louisville. So I really didn't spend a ton of time outside of the city or state, but it was enough time for me to understand that I wanted to get back to Louisville. Um, The big cities just don't, for whatever reason, really connect or resonate with me. and. Uh, my family and friends weren't there. So I quick, I kind of quickly headed back to the uh, city of Louisville, and I'm really glad that I did. Um, I do find that I enjoy traveling quite a bit uh, when I can. Obviously, this year has been challenging to do that, but uh, I'll still, you know, bounce around the country when possible. I don't want to get stir crazy in Louisville, but I do love Louisville. Uh, it's a wonderful
1: city. So you, you came back and like we just said, you're having trouble finding technical talent Where are you looking for? How are you outsourcing your work to find said talent?
0: First, I insourced by kind of learning that technical talent for myself so that I could have an informed opinion on um, who might be good to partner with. For outsourcing anything, definitely have, uh, I would recommend to any founder or co-founder that they uh, gain uh, a decent amount of knowledge themselves first um, before trying to outsource it uh, so that you can have an informed conversation you're not taking advantage of. Um, so after having done that, then I looked outside. Um, I guess in the early days, a lot of my uh, recruiting was just done through freelance websites. Uh, at the time, up I think it was called Odesk. I think it's now called Upwork. Uh, There's been some consolidation in that industry. Um, And man, I probably hired 40 or 50 different people through um, Upwork. And I didn't realize it at the time because a lot of time when I would um, hire freelancers through that platform, they would just be like an ad hoc, an ad hoc type of hire. So I would face some sort of technical challenge and I realized that it would take me maybe a week to crack the, crack the code, so to speak. Um, But it would be a much more efficient use of my time if I would just outsource that particular challenge that I was having to somebody who had already overcome it um, and get through it in a matter of a day or or less. And so um, I probably did that 40 or 50 times. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was really conducting an interview because I was having all these interactions with these different um, technical resources. And some would go better than others. Uh, And what's interesting is that one of those technical resources ended up being my first hire at Stucco and uh, they've been with us full time for five years now. So it's, it ended up being a great way to vet um, candidates to potentially hire full time. But I didn't know that I was doing that at first. I was just kind of trying to solve some immediate problems, but yeah, it was, it was Upwork primarily. And then for design talent, I will source that on dribble dribble.com. It's with three B's in true stucco three C fashion. That's a great resource for finding um, talented user interface or user experience designers. And so, uh, I will just sift through all sorts of work portfolios from those designers and um, conduct my interviews first based on the talent that they've, they've shown on in those online portfolios and then reach out to them and, and initiate kind of a small uh, engagement to kind of get a feel for their communication style and, and what kind of level of trust we have. The talent is out there. You just have to kind of know where to look and also um, to understand that you have to grow that, that relationship a little bit incrementally. Start small. Uh, maybe with a handful of people and then hone in on who really resonates with you, both uh, from a personal standpoint and also a professional standpoint.
1: It is awesome hearing you talk from from a place where you, you have understanding and you have this experience. I love that you shared. Oh, yeah, I've learned all this. Something that would take me a week. I realize I can outsource this, outsource this, excuse me, and have someone take care of this in a matter of a day or two. So that's cool that you, you learn from your experience, maybe even sometimes through failure, to say, my life would be easier if I, if I wasn't handling this. So, man, thanks for sharing that. Last question before I move on and talk more about Stucco and what you're doing specifically. What do you think it would take for this town that you have found across the states, maybe across the globe, to move to Kentucky?
0: Well, it's a really good question. I mean, first I would ask, do they need to move to Kentucky? You know, not all not all talent needs to be in Kentucky. Um, there's extremely talented designers at Stucco that are located in San Francisco and L.A., and we have equally talented designers that are located in um, Serbia and Vietnam. At the end of the day, they're just humans who have who have talent and. Uh, they're either great communicators or they're not, or they're great designers or they're not, or they're trustworthy or they're not, you know? I mean, to me, that stuff is way more important than where they're located geographically um, and how happy is the customer at the end of the day. So I would first ask those questions. And then last, if they happen to be located in, in Louisville or Kentucky, then that's great. And of course- there is no substitute for that in-person um, interaction. And I think that that is really important uh, in some cases. And so I am um, I would love, I plan on hiring people locally. Uh, definitely as we scale up our marketing and sales, I think that those are roles that maybe require a little bit more in-person um, teamwork and collaboration and strategy planning and things. I love the state of Kentucky, um, and I'm very much looking forward to hiring locally, uh, but not because they're local necessarily. Uh, first, I would hire for talent and culture fit, and then consider you know their geographic location.
1: Well said. I think that we do the same here at our space: talent, culture fit first, and fortunately, we do find most people within our community, and so. As someone who is part of the Kentucky startup ecosystem, always good to pick your brain, hear what you're thinking, what you've learned, and what you experienced. So with that, let's keep moving on. And I want to talk about your experience, Matt. You pitched at August 5 Cross at Whitaker Bank Ballpark. Sun was setting. Sweat was glistening. It was so hot. And again, I came up afterwards and said, Matt, you had one of the best deliveries I've heard any startup founder when they were giving a pitch. The way you came across was excellent. What was that experience like for you from beginning to end? I would love for the people who might not have tuned in either virtually or weren't in the stadium to get a quick recap from your perspective.
0: It's just always so good. You know, you spend all this time preparing these pitches and um, submitting the applications and driving to do them and then delivering them, driving back. And if you don't win, which in my case, I didn't. Natalia won. Who's a very deserving winner. Um, She did a great job. Uh, but sometimes you don't hear any of that feedback and you just wonder, you know, was it, was it really worth it? So, uh, for anybody listening, if you attend some of those things, share with the, the participants how you thought they did, maybe how they could get better. Even, um, if they're great entrepreneurs, they'll, they'll really love the bad feedback. Uh, so thank you very much for reaching out that day and, and saying some kind words. That was, that was really Cool. Uh, It was a great experience. I mean, you all did a terrific job from beginning beginning to end, um, from the intake process all the way to leading up to the event and then safely conducting the event. It was a ton of fun. I thought it was so much fun. I've never pitched in a ballpark, and I never would have imagined that my first pitch would have been a verbal type of pitch uh, from the mound. So that was cool. It was definitely a a once-in-a-lifetime experience.
1: Man, I'm glad to hear it. And again, thank you for the kind words as well. I know that Five Across has been a lot for our community over the years. And again, with everything going on, it's been really special to, for everyone to come out, feel safe, and partake in something that feels normal. And, and with that, again, you pitched on the mound, like you said, you pitch your company. Matt, what problem are you solving with Stucco? What do you do?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Stucco is primarily a virtual staging company. um, And we primarily serve real estate agents uh, all across the country with virtual staging, which virtual staging is essentially when an agent will send us photos of properties. Uh, The property could be a... property that is on the market or soon to be on the market. And then most commonly we will edit those photos adding like photorealistic renderings of furniture and decor to those photographs. So that um, those photos and that property specifically is easier to market so that you can sell that property faster and for more money. So it's an alternative. It's a much faster and more affordable alternative to an in-person um, staging solution. And we've had a tremendous amount of success with that since, um, since offering it maybe about 18 months ago. Um, and then we also are uh, an online interior design company. We don't lead with that. Uh, we primarily lead with virtual staging serving agents but we also work with homeowners um, to design rooms in their home Uh, and that's a a virtual collaboration as well so they just share some information about a room in their home that they'd like professionally designed and then we'll work one-on-one with them to uh, design that room to spec so it's a much more affordable and faster alternative to hiring a a traditional in-person interior designer so we're really disrupting the uh, the staging and design industries.
1: It sounds like you guys have cracked the problem of interior designing with, with your platform. And I know a couple of things. One, you mentioned moving back to Louisville for friends and family. You're a boomerang. We take pride in our boomerang startup founders. You're also helping your father's home building company. How does Stucco integrate or feed potential customers to your father's home building company? Again, well-oiled machines have multiple facets that run together. So you are having your service then go to a home. What does that look like? crossing software into the home building industry.
0: This is why I started Stucco five or six years ago is my brother was taking in the process of taking over the reins at my father's home building business. My my father's been a home builder. Uh, he used to be an interior designer, coincidentally enough. Um, he's been doing it for longer than I've been alive. And so my brother, who's 10 years senior to me, was taking the business over for my father. He's kind of an old school sort of word of mouth guy, didn't have any sort of online presence whatsoever. And so um, I wanted to just help my brother uh, create a digital footprint for that business so that it would be easier for him to transition into that role, uh, just because that's where things were heading as, um, as an industry and just more broadly, uh, globally, just in terms of the importance of a digital footprint and digital presence uh, for companies to succeed, and so Stucco originally was just a portfolio site for creative home professionals like them. So um, it was somewhat similar to how's dot com for those who might be familiar, or even Instagram, um, but specific to creative home professionals, and so that was the whole motive, just trying to uh, scratch the back of uh, a family member, you know, just trying to help help them out. Um, and one thing kind of led to another, we evolved to be uh, an online interior design platform. And then most recently, uh, really evolving to become a virtual staging platform, uh, but still offering online interior design. So uh, I don't know that we're all that successful in solving that initial problem. I wanted to solve that uh, problem and you could still solve that problem on Stucco. We still have all that functionality built in natively to the platform, but we found that it just didn't really resonate with customers. We did a lot of customer discovery after rolling that out and it was interesting, but it wasn't, it wasn't interesting enough. And so um, we, we were forced to shift gears a little bit um, and serve the market in a market that resonated more clearly with, um, with what we had to offer. So yeah, it's still, it's still part of stucco. It's still like our roots. Um, but, uh, my brother and dad's business is doing just fine. So, uh, I think, I think they will be all right without, without stucco kind of leading the way.
1: You know how to pivot. It sounds like you guys, (laughs) you've done that initially to where you wanted to take stucco to where you are now. So Hey, that's, that's part of the fun, part of the journey. Uh, that's, that's the reward in and of itself is learning. So cool, cool to hear that you've learned and you're, you're better off for it. If you don't mind, what does your company's traction look like at the current moment? You've shared that you've been around between five and six years and, you, and you've had a pivot. Where are you guys now?
0: Dude, we have done nothing but pivots for five or six
1: years
0: <laughs> and it's been an expensive process for me. I've, I've self-funded this um, this business since then I've only been full time on stucco for about 12, maybe 18 months. So um, it hasn't been something that I've been full bore on. Um, And, and the reason being is because I hadn't felt confident enough in it, in it working once I became full time on it, so I was doing a lot of thing, a lot of consulting on the side. Um, I was doing a lot of consulting work with Humana. I was um, redesigning their their online shopping experience for their Medicare uh, plans, which was a really interesting design challenge. Um, while while in the process, uh, working on, on Stucco and trying to find product market fit and stuff. So um, I went full time on Stucco once we really had great product market fit, uh, which I highly recommend that um, more entrepreneurs keep an open mind as to doing that strategy of uh, you know consulting on the side or consulting even as a main gig um, or uh, doing something else that gives them some consistent income while they continue to uh, experiment and understand their customers. And then they can dive, uh, you know, head in once they feel confident enough to pursue that. Um, so I went full time um, about I guess eighteen months ago on stucco, and that 's really when we started rolling out virtual staging, and when um, our our offer was truly resonating and so Uh, We've had great traction. I mean, in the last 18 months, I was doing some math a couple days ago, and I think we've grown at about 100 and 192% average month over month revenue growth during that time. Of course, when you go from, uh, you know, $20 a month to $40 a month, that's a significant percentage month over month revenue growth. So uh, I don't want to let your uh, listeners get the feeling that we're doing like, you know, millions of dollars a month or anything like that, but we're growing. It's a significant amount of revenue and, um, you know, we're really trying to grow. So we're in the process of raising some outside capital right now to, to kind of unlock the next level.
1: Well, for the sake of where this is, we'll just say that you guys are talking about 20 million and 40 million to keep things exciting. So it, it is awesome to hear the traction and the growth that you guys are having. And yeah, thanks for sharing that. Part of learning is you're hearing other people's stories or struggles, what they're figuring out. And that's, man, that's the beauty of this podcast. We want people, average Joes or absolute stud entrepreneurs to, to share what they're learning, what they're walking through. So yeah, thanks again for letting us to hear part of that. What does success look like for you as a founder? What do you want to accomplish with Stucco?
0: You know, it's, it's such a challenging question, what success looks like. Um, uh, professionally, success, I think, to us looks like we're really making our customers happy. Um, and they just keep coming back. And we are constantly getting better at serving them. And, and that our team is thrilled during that process too, right? It has to be a win-win. We can't um, run ourselves ragged uh, in the spirit of serving our customers because then, you know, we aren't happy as service providers. So there has to be some balance there, but ultimately success to us just means that we continue to delight our customers um, and just uh, continue to innovate with ways to do that. Um in terms of uh, personally, it and I know you didn't ask that question, but really as an entrepreneur, it's, you do have to think about both professionally and personally, and it's really one thing. Um, it's just balance, I mean, which is really, really tough for an entrepreneur. It's been really tough um, for me ever since I've been an entrepreneur for 10 or 11 years, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, and I think that it's got to be really tough for a lot of people now who are working from home because work and life have never been more connected than they are right now for our entire world. Um, and so balance is so crucial. Um, just blocking out times on our calendar for like required days off or, um, you know, required afternoons off, required sunshine, you know, all this stuff. So I know you didn't ask about the personal side, but I really see it as one thing. And, um, you know, I see success being uh, a, a true balance between time truly focused and then time truly, you know, outside of business too. So balance from that perspective.
1: No, Matt, that's wonderful. I care just as much about the personal success as the entrepreneurial startup success because like you shared, they've never been more connected, integrated, whatever word you want to say to pair the two, but it's so relevant right now that one affects the other. So yeah, thank you for sharing that and and the extra bit. I appreciate it. I know people listening do as well. And Matt, I'm going to ask my final question. This is my personal favorite. You semi-touched upon it but maybe phrasing it a little differently will be great for you. What is the advice you would give entrepreneurs based on your experience? You've talked a lot about having that stick-to-itiveness and figuring things out based on on learning correctly. What's, What's the main advice if you could maybe tell Matt six years ago that would help you maybe be in a different trajectory or milestone than you currently are?
0: my mom she would always tell me as a boy something that has never left me which is that there is always a solution to every problem which i don't know if that's really true but to approach life with that mindset i think is a true gift Um, as an entrepreneur to just assume that there is a solution out there it's just a matter of finding it um and so and always asking how Uh, you could solve things maybe in a better way or a different way just to assume that there is a solution to every problem. I will never forget um, hearing just an interview with Steve Jobs. He was like, uh, I'm probably going to botch this quote, but it was something to the effect of 90% of success is like pure persistence or perseverance, which you just alluded to that, like that stick-to-itiveness. The one thing that's Constant with entrepreneurship is you're just going to constantly get kicked right in the face over and over and over and over again. And so um, I would just say, hang in there, like just stay in the ring. And you can do that in a lot of different ways. Um, You can do that by trying to curb your spend um, to increase the amount of cash that you have on hand. Um, You can do that by just taking a deep breath and not taking things personally. (laughs) Uh, You can do that by living in Louisville instead of San Francisco, you know, but just like stay in the ring and keep, keep improving Um, because ultimately time starts working in your favor. The longer the time you stay in the ring, the longer that you exist, the more legit you become, and the more people start to believe in you and realize that you're you're real you know you're you're not just trying to look for a quick buck, um, which you should never never do. Definitely have a long-term perspective.
1: no that's perfect. Well, Matt, again, thank you so much for your time, sharing your story and and where you're going it's been It's been really sweet to catch up hear more about what Stucco and and Matt are both doing professionally and personally.
0: Sweet man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is such a thrill and uh, I love what you guys are doing and and what you're doing specifically with this podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for the platform. Really appreciate it.
1: Well, that's it guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevear and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in, and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock, and we'll see you next time.